It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, the voice of baseball in Boston from uh, the Red Planet. It's mm-hmm. our great friend Lou Merloni. Lou, are you, uh, are you masked up in New York City right now? No, I'm not masked up, but I just checked in, so I'm ready to rock and roll. Big way go tonight. Team is an absolute mess. What do we got? Oh, baby. Uh, I know that. Where do we start? I mean, I know that we asked uh, Alex Cora about Devers not exactly busting it up the first place line right after the team meeting that they had. Then Verdugo gets pulled for not hustling. What kind of alarms does that uh, set off for you, Lou, if any? Well, I, I tell you, to me, it's first off, Verdugo. I think is the perfect choice. Number one, it's like he, you know, he challenged him in the off season to come in here and play the game differently and get in shape and everything else. And I think this was just a little kick in the ass halfway through. He's had a very good two months. And I heard you guys talking before. I agree with you, Gresh. You do it to Emmanuel Valdez, nobody cares. You do it, to Alex Verdugo. It sends a message to China. Send a message to this team that I don't care who you are. If you're a leadoff hitter, one of our best players, you don't play the game the right way. You're going to sit because I do think. You know, busting down to first base on every single routine ground ball is a lot different than being on second and loafing on first base and loafing to second base, where to me, if you ran hard with your head down and slid, you would have been safe. So you get exposed on the base path. So I guess my question would be, do you ever, when, when these situations come up, and you can, you can obviously tell that like, there's, they're in a difficult stretch right now, and all these decisions yeah. are going to make a massive, be massively important for how they're viewed in, you know, by the trade deadline, really. That's what everybody's thinking about. Does it work? Will it work? Well, I mean, you know, I don't know if it's going to work because it, is, it comes down to talent at some point. So, you know, the whole thing about, like, you know, effort and defense, it's like it's there, right? And we want to make sure the effort continues to be there, which is why when I don't see effort, you sit a guy like Alex Verdugo. Because you can have all the effort you want on defense, like, I can have the best infield instructor in the world work on me at second and short, and he can help me be more consistent, but I'm still going to suck because I was never a good defender in the first place. And that's kind of what you're dealing with. This roster is full of offensive-minded players. If you look around the diamond, how many guys are actually there because of their defense? And when you don't hit and you're an offensive-minded player and you're a subpar defensive player, you're a liability. You don't help me win. So these guys basically, they got to start swinging the bat again. Will it work? We'll see. You got a tough guy tonight in Cole, but they fit him pretty good in the past. So real quickly, just back to this whole this because we started the show talking about do you smell something because it feels like there's a fire a brewing, and I don't know if Cora will be able to take his you know garden hose 
as a fire chief and and put this fire out because the issues are too substantial. Either it's guys, you know, overperforming, now underperforming, guys getting hurt, guys like just checking out. And then Cora, I mean, I guess like what kind of like, I guess, pressure should be on him and how much of the blame should be placed on him based on how things are going? Well, Anderson, he's always he's the manager, and you know they're not playing well, or, or you know not catching the baseball, or whatever fundamentals. And I think he always takes responsibility, or should, you know. But it's it's crazy because to me, it's like the first forty five fifty games. This really wasn't them, and then unfortunately for them, on a Monday the Celtics lost in the playoffs to the Heat, and on Tuesday they played Cincinnati, and they've had their heads up their ass ever since, basically. And and that's just because they haven't like they have not been a good defensive team all year, but not the error totals like we're seeing here. It's more of like range and balls that should be played and everything else. Your shortstop's got eleven errors, you're gonna have a lot of errors, but it's nothing. It's been nothing like it has lately. I mean, this has just been um, you know a poor defensive team. So is it his fault? Can they turn this thing around? It does come out the personnel. You can't take below average defenders and turn them into you know above average defenders just because you want them to be in a speech just doesn't happen that way. Lou, that's what I wanted to ask you. And and Christian and I talked about this during the week when Alex Cora talks about playing the game the right way and getting to fundamentals and stuff like that. How does it work for a big leaguer to actually improve their defense when day-to-day you're just trying to get through being a major leaguer? Like last night they get done there in Cleveland. You're flying into New York. Do these guys want to get up at 1 o'clock in the afternoon to get to the ballpark to take an hour of grounders? It feels like if you're not a good defensive player going into the regular season, you would have to put an unbelievable amount of work in to improve yourself, and I just don't know if that's a part of the everyday Major League Baseball player life. Help me balance yeah. that out. Well, you know, it's it's kind of like focus on what you do well. And what this team did well for a long time was grind out at bats and score a lot of runs. Sometimes you can hide some of those deficiencies. And you're absolutely right. Like Tampa Bay is not a good defensive team because they really preach it and they want them to be. They're a good defensive team because they went out and got good defensive players. I mean, it's, you, know, you know, it's like you know, they don't have a good rotation because they just want them to throw more strikes. They're throwing more strikes in a good rotation because they have really good arms and they have really good pitchers. So you can preach good defense all you want and coach it up all you want, but if you have offensive-minded, offensive-first-minded players, which this team has at first base, at second base, at third base, in left field, and in center field, I don't know how you can be a good defensive team. So you go out there and you bang some runs, and you try to hide it, you know, some of those deficiencies like you did for the first 45, 50 games. So we're talking to uh, Lou Maroney uh, live from the Red Planet, which is now called uh, New York City. Um, Lou, <laughs> how concerned are you with Rafael Devers, one, hitting, and two, fielding? Not much fielding, you know, because I think he's made a couple errors last week, but I thought he's been pretty good here all year long. Um, Hitting-wise, yeah, it's a big concern. I, I really don't know what's going on. I know there's some metrics saying he's hitting the ball just as hard, and this is sort of like a bad luck thing. I don't see that. I see a lot of rollovers. I see a lot of lazy fly balls. You know, I, I know he hits the ball hard once in a while, but that's what he does because he's a really good hitter. You know, he has to start swinging or this team will not be able to turn things around. I mean, you saw Jose Ramirez last night single-handedly win a ball game for you. I haven't seen Devers really do that much. He did it in San Diego. And that's probably the last time we've seen him, you know, the back-to-back home runs in, in, in that first game. So he's just got to get back to swinging the bat. He's got to figure things out mechanically. Because he's got to start doing some damage, especially against right-handed hitters. This offense just isn't going to roll. The other guys had their moments, 
But as far as being consistent for five or six weeks, he's the star and he has to do it. Why not Lou just start Kluber last night and avoid the, all of the kerfuffle from uh, outside the organization? I mean, that's a, yeah, no, it, it's it's good. It's a good question. I have no idea. Like when they called up Dermody, I was just like, okay, whatever. They need a starter. The guy's ready to pitch. Obviously, it's his day. You bring him up. I didn't know what was going on with any of the social media crap and and what he had done in the past. And then you sort of look at it and he gives you four innings in the DFA and you and you look back and say, was it really worth it? Like, is that? Is that really what you're looking for? Well, well yeah. Lou, isn't so, that isn't that sense. part of like the you know a sign like how desperate they are based on like that was they they knew what what they already knew about this tweet they are they knew about it back in training camp they never addressed it nobody wrote about it and then right. during Pride Month they they roll this guy out there almost like because they felt like they had no other recourse like this was the only option so they were willing to take all the heat based on what yeah. position they were in. Yeah, it really makes no sense. I mean, it would have been the difference if you just started Kluber and let him go four or five innings and go from there. Like, it's just other than, yeah, yeah, it was just, like you said, that desperate. Maybe they thought he could give him five, best chance to win. Um, but, you know, given the knowledge of, of that, did they just think it wasn't going to come up? Like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, in hindsight now, you look back at it, DFA, I mean, you're just like, well, why did we even go through that yesterday? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. The great Lou Maloney with Gresham Fourier here on Boston and New England Sports Original WEEI. Uh, tonight it is Red Sox-Yankees, and mm. brother, it don't feel like it. I know Nestor Cortez, of all people, was like, ah, the rivalry's not the same. The Yankees have also been complicit in that over the last decade as well, Lou. Will is this I don't want to say the rivalry's done. However, is it done as we used to know it? Like is it just a whole new world when it comes to Red Sox Yankees now? It's been dead for 20 years. Like I don't it's it's gone. Like 0304 was like the, the the height of it. Like you know, and before that obviously in the early days, but have you really felt it since then other than just some made-up media sort of thing, like the rivalry's back. I mean, it's the Yankees sucked for a while when the Red Sox were good. Um, and the Yankees are still competitive, even though they haven't won anything. I just find it interesting that Garrett Cole's talking about it and Nestor Cortez is talking about it. And two years ago, the Red Sox beat their ass in a wild-card game and sent them home. Now, it's been ugly since, but no, it's not a rivalry right now. And it really hasn't been in a long time. Like, like, it's like the Pats and the Jets. Is it really a rivalry? Or is you just your coach doesn't like them? Like, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's, just, <laughs> it's true. It is. It's like Joel Embiid with the Sixers and the and, and the Celtics. They, they kick our ass all the time. Like, why yeah. why are we even talking about this? <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I am curious about um, just the overall health of the pitching staff. Uh, yeah. The rotation, the bullpen. Like, I feel like. There's so many areas where I feel like they're in a in, in trouble. Like, who's starting tonight, and how do you think this is actually going to play out? And who will set a, Who will be your top five guys when it's you know for the next three weeks? Yeah, it's like Sale was the gut punch, right? Um, to this rotation, Paxton's been good. How long can that last? You know, hopefully he can stay healthy the rest of the year. But you know, I've always been a big proponent of Cutter Crawford putting him in the rotation. I think he's. I think he can be a starter in this league. Defense let him down the other night, um, but they got to build him back up as a starter. You know, I think Bayo's is is showing signs. Uh, Whitlock's in there tonight, and I like Whitlock and I like Hauk, and I think they're two great pitchers. But I I still am not 100 convinced what they are. 
Like, I, I don't know. I just want them to be good. And Winkowski, obviously, the reliever helping that bullpen. So, you know, th- those four guys, actually those five guys are like five young arms that the organization hasn't really produced in a long, long time. The question is, we just don't know what the hell they are. I think we know what Bayo is, but the other four are still trying to figure that out. So um, once they get Crawford built up, you know, I think you have arms you feel good about. But, you know, Schreiber kills them as well. So they're, they're thin. They've been thin for quite some time, but they've just been kind of holding, holding forth. So Chris Sale had a little bit of a run, and now he's hurt once again. Where are you on Chris Sale, not only as a Red Sox, but maybe returning this year? You know, you were a former big leaguer. I'm sure you can empathize and understand some of what this guy's going through. But, Lou, I'm, I'm losing hope that this guy's ever going to be consistently productive again here. Where are you at on Sale? Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you. You know, unfortunately, that's just the situation. It's like everything, he, you know, every start he gives you, you're like, thanks, but it, will there be another one? Um, it, I, to me, I don't feel good about this whole scenario. You get an MRI and you need an entire week to, to, to figure out what's right. going on. Right, that feels like, I, really I weird, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like, well, did the MRI say something or didn't it? Like, you know, like, what are we doing? Why do you, I've never heard of that before in my life, taking, uh, you know, an MRI and then having to wait another week to kind of get an update. I you know, I, I don't know what that is, but to me, it doesn't sound positive by any means. So is he done for the rest of the year? I don't know. You know, we'll have to wait and see. I don't feel good about it. And you sort of feel like you're moving forward without him, which is unfortunate because he was throwing the ball real well their last six, seven, eight starts. So no Aaron Judge. Um, yeah. What, what, what do you, what are the, what chance do you give <laughs> the Red Sox? I mean, I know it's like, you know, this guy can all talk about single-handedly, you know, wreck a game. Um, he's not in the lineup. He's out. He's got like an ankle or something like that. So, what's your what's your prediction for tonight and ultimately the weekend? Yeah, I mean, there's no judge. You know, Bader's out in center field. He's out as well. I mean, you've got Garrett Cole tonight. You got to get to. They played a doubleheader yesterday. They used a couple of their long guys that they like. Like you, you swing the bat the way you did the first month, month and a half. You get to Garrett Cole. You get to their bullpen. You win a game. I mean, it's you know, it's it's still like to me, it's like. This team right now is really, really bad, but I, I just I don't think they're as they're as bad as as you know what this last week to ten days has shown you know because it's the same team that was doing it for the first fifty forty five fifty games so they got to swing the bats and if they can they can win the series you know it's not like these guys are, are that great and they're losing Aaron Judge for God's sakes. Uh, what's the weekend schedule for you? It's actually a flyby little tonight piece. I got a little Nesson tonight and a nationally televised on Saturday and Sunday. So I'm flying in tonight, flying out mañana. So I'm chilling, tranquilo, today, Ooh. hanging out at the stadium with a big league Wago. Oh, baby. That means a Sunday tea time at Framingham Country Club, I'm assuming. <laughs> well, how, listen, we, we saw all these pictures of New York City and all sort of stuff, the Brooklyn Bridge and how it yeah. looked like the red plant. Like, what's it like there now? Yeah. Well, I could be honest with you, Fo. Yeah, I just got off the Uber and I walked into the lobby, so I haven't even really looked outside much. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll let you know. I'll shoot you a little text piece from the uh, from the field, from the booth. There you go. And if oh. I'm choking, if my eyes are burning, I'll let you know. Uh, stop at Zaro's Bakery and grab me a black and white cookie, please. Thank yeah, you. is that place closed too? <laughs> no, they're everywhere. <laughs> they're they're on like every corner. They're on every corner. 
Chris, the last place he sent me in San Diego was close. Oh last yeah, year. and he's only <laughs> he's only marking out because they had the black and white cookie in Seinfeld, and that's what uh, Christian used to eat whenever he was a college boy <laughs> down there in New York City. So yeah, that's that's yeah. really what it is. Uh, well, uh, who knows? Uh, what uh, do, do you have a place picked out for dinner, or is it just mere convenience for you since you're coming home tomorrow? I saw this wooden, like this, they got this thing in the lobby. It's called the bar. And they got this stool right next to it. Oh, yeah. So depending on how this game goes here tonight, I just want an entertaining game. You know, when I'm calling the game on TV, I just want it fun. I want it entertaining, but that stool may have my name on it mm. if this thing doesn't go well. Don't get preoccupied by it. You'll get tight hamstrings, tight back. That's what what they need. You and uh, Obi from the bar calling the game on Nesson. That would be fantastic. (laughs) Every walk you take a shot. That would be awesome. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Lou, thanks, brother. We appreciate you. We'll catch you next week. Have a great call tonight. Have a great weekend, boys. Thanks, buddy. There you go.